Hello and welcome to the AJ on the Line podcast where we're going to review Imola Grand Prix. It was another stunning race in which we saw a bit more of Hamilton versus Verstappen in a different form. Uh, but today, the day after the race, if you're wondering, I'm going to be joined by three of my great friends. Yes, three, not just two this time, because Joe, Jimmy and I are joined by Liam Jackson. How are you, Liam? We'll start with you. <laughs> I'm great, thanks, Adam. How are you? I'm really well. You can hear my excitement. Just for those that fully understand the enormity <laughs> of this arrival of, of Liam, this signing, if you will, um, we, we go back as, as four because we used to sit around the table back when the world was normal and complain about my cooking, amongst other things. Um, but today we're going to be talking about Formula One. Jimmy, are you doing well? Very well, thank you, mate. Very well, indeed. Did you enjoy the race? Definitely, yeah. Ups and downs. I thought when Lewis crashed, I thought it was all, you know, terrible. But anyway, uh, it was all all right. So, yeah. Perfect. And we'll get on to just that. And Joe, did you enjoy this weekend? Did it live up to the hype? Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. Um, two races that are good out of two, so can't complain. Well, I'm sure there are things to complain about, but we'll get on to that later. So, we're going to do a more structured format as before. We're going to be breaking this race down into the biggest winner, biggest loser, moment of the race, honourable mention, and the AJ on the line, line of the weekend. First of all, we'll go to Jimmy to see who he's going to have as our biggest winner for the Imola Grand Prix. What do you think, Jimmy? I'd probably say Lewis, to be honest, um, because, you know, it was all going well. And then he tried to pass Williams uh, and then he ended up in the barrier. Uh, and then he was very lucky that it was a red flag because he would have been a lap down. And so, yeah, my uh, my biggest winner is probably Lewis. It was sort of damage limitations, but I think he did perfectly well you know, getting second. I, I had it written down that, that Lewis made the greatest escape since West Brom did uh, when they avoided relegation in the Premier League. So I can see why you would argue that. I saw Joe's face there when, when you said Lewis, and it said to me that Joe might have a slightly different person as the biggest winner. Do you have a response to Jimmy on that, Joe? Well, firstly, I knew he was going to go Lewis, as, <laughs> as per normal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not taking it away from Lewis. I think he did a brilliant job... Uh, coming back through and salvaging what could have been a disaster. But, I mean, in my opinion, the biggest winner of the weekend was Lando Norris. Um, I know me and Adam have been slightly critical of Lando Norris before. I think we're both of the opinion that we think George Russell might be the better driver um, and maybe maybe Norris gets a bit overhyped. But this weekend, he's been absolutely fantastic. You know, I'm I'm sure... You were all really excited when you saw he went purple in the first two sectors in qualifying. Um, didn't quite work out for him there, but um, he he drove a brilliant race, you know. Um, third, did very well, kept it very clean, you know. Put up a good, he put up a much better fight against Hamilton than I thought he was going to. Um, but he kept him behind for a little bit. Obviously, Lewis got passed in the end, but third place and like a really solid weekend for Norris. Um yeah, really good for him. On on Norris, I've got to say I, I'm with you on that. As you said, we we've always been of the opinion that 
Russell is better and we'll get on to Russell later but Norris's stock rose in my mind this weekend and I, I can't help but but think yeah he is quite good um, not that I didn't think he was good. Oh but no, he, no, he we really did show his stuff. We've never said and, we've never said he's been bad. You and me, we just think possibly slightly overrated. But he he perform, He's he's clearly a very good driver. So, and I think is he on the same level as Hamilton, Leclerc, Verstappen, or is he more Ricardo's level? As we may find out when Ricardo gets up to speed. I I don't I don't think he's quite on that elite level. But I know. Hopefully, I hope I hope he keeps proving me wrong. I really do. He's a quick peddler, Liam. What do you think? Who's the biggest winner? I have to agree. I definitely Lando Norris. I mean, um, obviously from qualifying, he was obviously quite disappointed. With uh, he should probably have been maybe like third or fourth even in qualifying, and to be what seventh? Yeah, seventh was obviously a bit disappointment, and he uh, turned it around obviously in the race and got. Got a podium on his second one of of his career. No, absolutely, he did really well to turn a negative into a positive. As as Jimmy said, Lewis did the same thing. But I I think that given um, Lewis's experience, it, it it wasn't as much of a surprise for us to see that. I've got to say, I disagree with all of you. And I, I put Max Verstappen down as the biggest winner. I know it's a bit obvious, given that he won. But, first of all, that overtake on Hamilton into turn two, that move was Hamilton-esque. It, it was brilliant in that it was right on the edge. It was hard but fair racing. I know Crofty talks about uh, the first race lighting the spark for, for that rivalry. I think that set the tone for the rivalry that we're going to see between those two. He had that little moment before the race restart where he, he kind of clumsily went over the curbs. But all in all, it looks a lot more mature from Max Verstappen. And I know I've been critical in the past of him for being a bit hot-headed. He seemed a bit flustered on the radio when Hamilton was catching him towards the moment that Hamilton had his crash. But you probably would be the same if Lewis Hamilton was chasing you down in a Mercedes. So... Yeah, I, I've got to give it to Max Verstappen. He's showed his maturity and, and come up trumps um, and it, it's going to be a great battle. That's not to take anything away from Lando Norris, who has obviously won this week's award by democracy because that's important on AJ <laughs> on the line, of course. So congratulations to Lando Norris. I'm sure you'll be thrilled to hear that you've won this prestigious award. Um, it's more prestigious than the driver of the day isn't it? Obviously. Oh, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Are, are you willing to concede on, on Norris as well, Jimmy? Let democracy have its way? I mean, yeah, democracy is brilliant. So, you know, two against one and all that, have you? Uh, but, you know, um, yeah, Norris is a brilliant driver. Um, I've been a big fan of him, uh, you know, because he's British and all that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I'll have that any day. From one British driver to another... I'm going to go straight into the, the biggest loser of the weekend. My opinion is got to be George Russell. As I wrote in my blog, being an F1 driver is not just about scoring points and getting wins. It's about making sure your stock is as high as possible. Russell's always or generally always quite good in the media in terms of being professional and holding himself to a high standard. 
I think that the crash that he had with Bottas, it was a racing incident. The FIA were right with that, but it was more his fault and he should have taken responsibility for that. The, the way that he handled it would be an aggressive to Bottas and, and, and saying rude things about him. It's natural with lots of adrenaline pumping around you, but that's not what you need to do if you're going to impress Toto Wolf, especially as Mercedes is a no-blame-culture team. I sense that if that was Hamilton or Bottas in that situation, they'd have taken it on the chin, taken responsibility and moved on. Um, maybe that will come with maturity for, for Russell, but as as Toto Wolf said, he's closer to the Clio Cup than a Mercedes driver after that race. Um, but yeah, that that's going to be an interesting narrative how Netflix twist it into like the biggest thing ever. Or they don't capture it at all and focus on Antonio Giovinazzi's race. Um, anyway, over to Liam. What do you think? Who Who's the biggest loser? Are you going to agree with me on that? You can disagree. Don't worry, I definitely will. I think it was um, Varty Brottas as the biggest loser um, since, I mean, had a terrible qualifying and then for the majority, the majority of the race he was in it, he didn't really gain that much ground for him being a Mercedes and Obviously, at the end of the race, we saw how, how Lewis got past both Ferraris and Norris, like, obviously, fairly comfortably. And then, um, obviously, the crash wasn't really his fault, but should he really be fighting with a Williams driver at that point in the race? For ninth. Exactly, yeah. That's two points is just not good enough for a Mercedes car. What do you do if you're in Toto Wolff's position after that race? I guess there's still a long season to go. Uh, before he needs to make the decision but who would you go for would you go with the tried and tested Bottas after that Liam oh, it's, it's a tough one for the end of this season um, obviously the future is surely with Russell but um, I don't know this season's a bit of a it's sort of on a bit of a pendulum which way it'll swing it's, it's very close do you want to jump in on this Joe I mean Long term, you obviously have to think Russell, but as you said, and I was I, I was going to agree with you that Russell's the biggest loser this week, um, because he's just he's just undone a lot of the hard work that he built up, particularly um, from Sakir last year. Um, he's just done, undone so much of that hard work um, and and the goodwill he got from Sakir last year. You know his popularity as a driver rose a lot with that race. Everyone saw that he could come into a top team worked really well with the team and then all of a sudden he has this crash he reacts really sort of badly to the tip to the team that he's supposed to be joining so you know I, I'm still a big fan of George Russell I think he's an excellent driver I really do think that he's in the same bracket as Verstappen and Leclerc uh, they're the sort of big three drivers that I think you know going forward will dominate F1 the future exactly but He's um he's undone a lot of goodwill from Sakir there, and I think that's I th I was gonna say it's possibly one of the biggest disadvantages of him driving around at the back of the grid all this time is that little wheel to he doesn't have the wheel to wheel experience that say Norris has, and it's a bit of a contrast winner and loser this week Norris and Russell, one of them's had the perfect environment to sort of grow as a driver, and I think the race showed exactly what George is lacking at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And you, you can see Lando's confidence has grown 
as he's into his third season now and Russell's confidence will have grown from Sakir but he he will be feeling a lot of pressure too to perform and you could al- almost think of the headlines if that hadn't happened that he'd either beaten a Mercedes or got his first points the narrative would have been so oh, yeah. much different and it could have been great for his career what what do you think Jimmy yeah I agree with all of you um the, the biggest thing that I think is he was trying to uh right or wrong from last year sort of trying to get into the different um uh you know trying to he crashed out under a safety car um unfortunately and he was just trying to right or wrong I think he could have got some a couple and maybe ninth um but you know yeah these things happen and he needs to learn from it you know going over to Bottas and hitting on the helmet uh, doesn't really help matters, does it? Well, Bottas was also um, pointing out with his middle finger who, who he thought was to blame as well, wasn't he? Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't be too happy if somebody came over to my car and started hitting me on the helmet. I'd tell them to go and do one, to be honest. So, <laughs> so you know. Uh, oh, one, two, one, do one. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so just to confirm, Jimmy. Yeah. Who are you? Who are you picking as the oh, biggest sorry. loser, That's... Russell or Bottas, good... or someone else? Maybe uh, probably Russell. Yeah, he didn't show him. He showed himself up quite a lot that uh, weekend. So yeah, definitely Russell. We move on. Joe, do you want to talk us through your moment of the race? Well, it's very nice of you to come to me first, considering literally before we started recording this, I said I hadn't decided yet, and that. Uh... We can oh, decide. Done, but, yeah. No, 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 it's um, fine, it's fine, it's fine. I've decided now. <laughs> I've decided now, so, so it's brilliant. Um, I've decided that it probably was actually the, the very first couple of corners because I think it really sort of summed up um, just what we're in for this year. Um, you know, Max and Lewis going into it. Um, you know, Lewis could have backed out going into that first term. My first... The thought was, why didn't you back out, Lewis? But it showed that he's got a proper fight on his hands this year. He knows that he's got to stay ahead of Verstappen. I think maybe in previous years he would have backed out of that and just bided his time. Would that have been the smart thing to do? I don't know. Particularly around him and possibly not. But it just shows what we're in for this year. And hopefully we've had two races out of two of it so far. Hopefully we can get 23 races of it. When you're fighting your rival, I suppose you can take more risks because if you make a mistake, you'll probably hit your rival and you're both out. Mm. Whereas if, well, when Lewis was overtaking Norris, like he could back out because, or he had to back out because taking Norris out and letting Verstappen win wouldn't have been great for the championship no. so so he 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 can take more risks with Verstappen mm-hmm. but yeah neither of them are given an inch and that's what we want to see I've got to say I agree with you I put that down as my moment of the race too didn't even need to listen to you yeah exactly um Liam do you have a differing view or are you going to follow suit it was it was a big moment I have to agree um I'll just I'll just be the devil's advocate here and just throw up another one I'm going to go with um, like Hamilton's trip for the gravel and how he lost his front wing on the barrier and then obviously lost about, what is it, like almost a minute, over a minute. He got lapped, didn't he? It, even the graphics were saying that, that he was out at the race uh, on the, the timing feed. So clearly a few people at F1 had written him off. So another lesson in not giving up, I suppose. Jimmy? Did you think that, that Lewis would get out of that gravel all right? Or did you think it was over? 
I thought it was over. I thought when he, he initially got into the gravel and then he tried to turn onto like the escape road and then he smashed his front bumper or his wing. Um, and then he had to reverse. Quite sensible, to be honest, reversing out of instead of trying to sort of spin your wheels and dig a great big hole. So he turns his car into a front wheel drive car, which was very sensible. Uh, and then he got out. So, yeah, I, I agree with Liam. I have to go with Liam on this one that it was uh, Hamilton and, uh, and getting out of the gravel for sure. Oh, where's democracy now? It's two apiece. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think we can agree that Hamilton was involved in, in the biggest part of this race even though he came second. It, it was a great comeback, though, and I, I think at times, particularly in the first part of the race, Lewis was catching Verstappen, even though he had a damaged front wing. And I thought that was interesting. It might have been due to the rain and the cooler conditions, but Mercedes don't have a bad car. It's just it, it would seem that Red Bull have a, a good one, particularly in the, the warmer conditions. So do you think that the, the cars are extremely close, Joe? Or, or do you think that Red Bull still have a bigger margin just depending on, on the temperature? I think they're, they're really close. It's just the Mercedes is a bit more sensitive. It's it's more condition dependent. If the conditions are right, that the Merc looks like a rocket ship, but it's just a bit sensitive, whereas the Red Bull looks like an all-round fantastic car. We'll have to see. I mean, I have to say, I thought um, when Lewis was catching him, I thought it was going to be another turkey where at the inters just sort of came to the mercedes and he was going to get him but you know it was nice to see we were going to get an interesting race either way because either lewis would have caught the back of him and we'd had a great battle or we got the absolute chaos that happened after he crashed so it's good to see multiple interesting races that could play out and we got another view of what it would look like if if there was a sprint race didn't we with another red flag right in the middle of it just a just a general consensus. We'll we'll step away from the awards. What are we thinking on sprint races? Is it a yay or nay? Or it's a nay as well from as me. Sort of, nay from me. It's too. a nay from Joe. Nah, nah, nah. Don't want that. So once again in sport today, traditionalists holding their ground. Exactly. Um, yeah, this is not the best day to um to to t- talk to this talk to us about this one. What is is there something going on in football? <laughs> nah, no clue, mate. No clue. I think we're going to leave that down to a draw. Something that Americans, incidentally, don't understand. A bit like relegation. We'll go into the honourable mention. I always like this award. Liam, who was your honourable mention this weekend? Okay, so my honourable mention would probably be um, the Verstappen nearly uh, like spin out just at the end of the um, the restart. Um, obviously if that had actually if he actually spun out then that had like massive consequences on the uh, drivers championship on that did you see that Charles Leclerc had radio issues and he thought that it was going to be a standing start not a rolling start and that's why he didn't overtake Verstappen when Verstappen had oh, really a spin. I didn't actually see that yeah and that's probably why Norris could overtake Leclerc because Leclerc was as surprised well, he was the most surprised man in the world at, the, at that moment in time because Verstappen just, well, I, I nearly said a rude word, but cleared off. Um, <laughs> and that's that's why his wheels were spinning. It won't have helped that he was on medium tyres and Norris was on soft tyres. But but yeah, I, I think maybe we were on for a, a Leclerc versus Verstappen versus Norris 
battle into that 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 turn two or i should say tamborello but yeah that that's a great shout liam um over to you joe what's your honorable mention i i went with uh i went with the ferrari drivers um i know that's kind of two but you know i thought they were both you know they were both one behind the other they were both very solid um particularly charles leclerc um because he was really solid um if uh, russell and bottas hadn't had their crash leclerc was about 20 seconds clear in second after hamilton's spin so he would have been easy second for leclerc without that um and signs did really well to recover from a really sort of uh ragged you know start where he kept making mistakes I saw, a ragged race really yeah yeah but he ended up right behind Charles Leclerc you know just basically following home bringing home a solid result for Ferrari um yeah so I thought both drivers were really great for Ferrari and Sainz also did really well to uh keep Lewis behind for as long as he did mm-hmm. um, yeah he, he was his first kind of challenge as as Lewis fought back through the pack I also noticed that generally the the people I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that noticed this, but generally, those that had joined a new team were were still struggling. Of course, Imola in the wet is never yeah. easy, but especially mm-hmm. if you don't know the team and car, that's probably why you had Perez spinning off Vettel. Obviously, he had issues anyway, but he he was still not performing at his best, and nor was Alonso. And then you've got the rookies at the back spinning off mm-hmm. shame about Sonoda because you'd think he knows that track but yeah that's just the way it is all right I'll, I'll do I'll do my honorable mention and then Jimmy can finish us off I've gone slightly off piece as you'd expect and I've gone for the Miami Grand Prix as my honorable mention because I think that that is huge for F1 in terms of developing in the US it's nothing to do with the fact that my dissertation was based on this, and I can't believe that we're mentioning it the second week in a row, but that is my fault. But anyway, I, I think it is going to be a cool spectacle. Having looked at the track, it looks like potentially overtaking will be possible. I'll touch some wood here, don't worry. It looks like there's kind of a looping corner as they go up to high speed, almost akin to the Hungarian Grand Prix's last corner before going on to the pit straight. So that usually encourages some overtaking with DRS and things like that and slipstreaming. So hopefully that's good. It also gets more fans involved. And yeah, I'm sure the teams and the media will like it going there. I'm not sure how many of us are actually going to go to Miami to watch a race, but I think that's good for Formula One. And it was good the way that all of the teams were united in in having their own way of announcing it at the time as well. It's not something you would have seen with the Eccleston era. Anyway, Jimmy, over to you, unless anyone has a comment on the Miami thing. So so I'm going to say uh, Alonso having his first point in F1 since 2018. I think that I, I see, I mean, he's a brilliant driver and, you know, 10th place isn't the best for him. But what I'm saying is that it's uh, on a road to recovery, uh, which potentially, well, it would be nice to see. So, yeah, I'm going to go for 10th, um, for uh, Alonso as uh, as the uh, what do you call it honourable mention. So there we go. And that that came after a late stroll penalty, didn't it? No, Raikkonen. Oh, Raikkonen. Sorry. Yes. No worries. Don't worry. I knew I knew there had been some penalties dished out. I still think your idea of putting sharks on the track limits to sort them out that that's good. Although yeah. on the topic of track limits, wasn't it good? I know it was a bit disappointing for Norris, but wasn't it good that they were strict? on that 
yeah, it was much, much simpler. I st- still saw some people complaining and posting pictures of uh, Hamilton's car going all four tyres off at a corner they weren't measuring track limits on. But Which is an issue because they, yeah. I, I think it should be on all corners, but at least yeah, they yeah, were yeah. strict. Uh, at least they, they were strict and consistent, but, you know, it's the advantage of uh, a track uh, that has grass and gravel. Um, you know, you're not going to get any overtakes off track. Although apparently I did read somewhere that I think it was Stroll did overtake someone by cutting Tamborella, so... Which is probably why you got the penalty. Oh, yeah. Did Stroll get a penalty? Ah, here we go. Manoeuvre, he was not able to compete on the track. Complete on the track, so there we go. Stroll did get a penalty for it. So he did get a penalty in the end, because I, I know it took them until after the race to do that. And Sonoda also got a black and white flag, at, at least. I don't know if he got a penalty for track limits in yeah. the race so they mm-hmm. were at least consistent throughout yeah they were consistently enforced they need to be as i say i need to, they need to be a bit better at enforcing them when they happen if that's the case but we're getting there exactly like var no i mean you said the two weeks var's ad well, i wasn't particularly pleased about west brom's goal being disallowed well exactly so still... they drew the lines on the wrong bloke <laughs> we could take that piece of positivity by by comparing and contrasting with football in that it could be worse um oh of course as joe will will tell you in great length but i'm not sure that that we have the time in this podcast for that uh maybe we need to make a whole new podcast just for you joe well i could fill several books with my opinion today (laughs) before we get into that book uh we'll, we'll just open the book on the final award and that's going to be the AJ on the line, line of the weekend. Jimmy, ah. do you think you can you can start us off this time? I know this one, I know this one, yeah, yeah. So, I would say uh, Toto Wolf comparing Russell to maybe driving for a Renault Clio or whatever that sort of sentence. Uh, well, it did insinuate that he should be driving. <laughs> but yeah, so, it, oh no, sorry. <laughs> I can find it, shall I find it? No, it's not... <laughs> Why don't you find it, okay. Jimmy? Yeah. Sorry about this. I should have really prepared a bit more. No, it's all right. You're raw, and that's why I love you on this podcast. But th- these are the things we need to deal with. It's like Verstappen. Red Bull had to deal with the fact that he was raw just because he was still good as well. Yeah, but are we sure Jimmy's going to develop into a world-class talent? Well, we can't rule it out, can we? No, no, no. I've got the, I've got the quote here. It says... Uh, if you do a good job, you'll be in a Mercedes. If not, the Renault Clio Cup. Today, it was closer to the Renault Clio Cup. Yeah, he was saying that on Sky, wasn't he? Although, on on that, um, I don't think Toto Wolff was aware until the media told him that Russell was still saying that, that it was Bottas's fault and if it was another driver, Bottas wouldn't have done that to, to him and how quite aggressive Russell was being and dishing out the blame. So it's going to be a little bit of, of a bomb to be diffused in that camp. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see how, how Toto does that. Do you think that they can calm them down? I know they're in different teams, but they still they still need to do it. Yeah, I think, you know, uh yeah, Russell didn't do himself any favors. I don't think I think the Mercedes seat's still open. Um but it's not really the best thing to do to sort of piss off the team that you want to go to. Um, so, so yeah, probably not the best option in the world. That was that was a great line by Toto Wolf. Joe, do you have anything to match that or even beat it? 
I I just liked um, Lewis's comments after qualifying towards Lando Norris. Um, I thought they were because I think I can see you nodding in agreement there. Um, I just think you know uh, one of the reasons me and you haven't taken a particular liking towards Lando Norris is that he's been a bit disrespectful of Lewis Hamilton's achievements. I think that might be a little bit harsh, but we've both felt that so. Lewis giving him some support and um, them actually backing it up in the race just sort of made it even better um, and getting on the podium together, having a good, clean battle. So I think it was good. You got the nice, good good quote and um, sort of the race actually backing it up. So And then they had a hug afterwards, didn't they? Well, we all like a nice hug. So We're missing that. Joe, have you read my race report? Because that was almost word for word what I said. So that's two votes. Slam dunk. I'm agreeing with Joe. Liam, got any lines? No, that sounds dodgy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Liam, what's, what's your AJ on the line, line of the weekend? To be honest, I liked um, Jimmy's, um, especially with Fernando Alonso being on the road to recovery. Made him sound like he'd almost died. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he, he did. He got he got knocked off a bike just weeks before the start of the season. Yeah, um, I think he made it. Maybe some slack exaggerations in uh, <laughs> road to recovery, but yeah. yeah. Cool. I like that. So, in terms of the next race then, it's going to be in Portimao and then double header straight to Barcelona, the most interesting track in the world. Now... What do we think is going to happen? I reckon it's going to be Verstappen and then Hamilton, the next two winners. Very bold of you. I know. Um, <laughs> I think also that Verstappen and Hamilton are going to come together at some point in the season that follows. I don't know when, but they're going to have a flashpoint. Probably inevitable, if I'm honest. Um, you know, they're going to be both fighting at the front for the victory um, and probably to turn one it will happen or, you know, I would predict that maybe in Spain it will be a similar scenario than um, the, the sort of Rosberg-Hamilton uh, sort of scenario, potentially. Spain 2016 part two, you're saying, Jimmy? Maybe a carbon copy. Who knows? Uh, but that's all, Ooh. you know, that's all, you know, in the future. And I can't predict the future. So we'll have to see what happens. So Jimmy and I have made a bold prediction what about you, Joe? Are you going to make a bold prediction to finish? Do you know, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure predicting Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen to win races is a bold prediction, <laughs> to be honest with you, Adam. No, it's not, actually. <laughs> I, no, I no, meant I the crash. I certainly agree that they're going to they're, they're come together at some point. It's inevitable. If you've got two people who are basically ending up side by side every race, they're gonna, one of them is going to make a mistake. I mean, neither of them is going to give an inch, as we've seen in the first corner at Imola. There are some places where it's quite difficult to overtake. There's a lot of places where it's quite difficult to overtake. Um, so, yeah. And obviously, it's at the moment, it's a, very much a two-horse race. I don't think anyone was expecting anything different, really. But they'll have some good races and they'll have some where it gets a bit feisty. And on that exciting note, we're going to finish. Thank you very much again to Jimmy, Joe and Liam. Liam... Thank you for joining us for the first time. I know you had technical difficulties. You still contributed brilliantly, so I appreciate it. I also appreciate all of you 
who have listened at home or wherever you are as the UK and the rest of the world starts to open back up. It would mean a lot if you could subscribe to my podcast or even leave a review. And don't forget that you can also read my race report on ajontheline.com where you can also find this podcast, which gives you a summary of the race as well as my five awards, of which you've also heard on this podcast today. Thank you again to everyone involved and I can't wait to talk to you about the Portuguese Grand Prix. We're going back to Portimao. Well, I'm not, but I'll still be watching and you can listen to our reaction to it very soon, just two weeks away. Take care. Thank you for listening. This is AJ on the line and my name is Adam Williams.